Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But you love the Arsenal, Patrick. Palace host a demolition job and Pep's playing with 12. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Tuesday the 5th of April. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Lars And I'm Jim Campbell. <laughs> I'm, Good I'm, to have you with us, Lars. I'm definitely used to going last. <laughs> <laughs> You see, I'm Lassie Watson? Question mark. You see, listeners, it's a very complicated yeah, job. It's harder and, than it sounds. And actually, we're massive pros. <laughs> and it's just saying your name is surprisingly difficult. Yeah, yeah agreed. Do you have a way? You have a run at it, don't you? Lassie Watson. Lovely. Is that how you pronounce it? Well, like, no, in, in, because with a song. <laughs> walk around in the street, people would think I'm crazy. <laughs> Her. What, how was your like opera career? Is that something you talk about much? No, it's not. Well, I, I, I know, but I did. I have a sort of dark past in the uh, sort of hardcore brass band community of southwestern Norway. Tuba. Uh, no, the euphonium mainly. Uh, I, I dabble with the trombone. Uh, can probably play a tuba, but not well. Okay, I'd say. Mm. This is something reasonable that, on a baritone. It's a shame we don't have this insight pre-recording. But yeah. anyway, as you guys We've now know, some brass in. Mm-hmm. Lars Simmonson is with us today, which is a, a delight, as always, Lars. <laughs> what we're about to find out. 
<laughs> There's a confidence. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to be talking about Crystal Palace's 3-0 demolition job on Arsenal. Jim. We are. It was we? great. It was a great win for Palace. Let's start with they that, shall we? Fantastic. A brilliant victory. It means that they've now gone straight above Southampton, Villa and Leicester City. They're in the top half of the table. They they bullied um, Arsenal, really. And it, it was very, very impressive. And Selhurst Park, my God, what yeah. a place... What a place just, to watch football. It's jumping every time you're there, isn't it? I, I mentioned this yesterday, like Selhurst Park and, and a night game on a Monday night football. You know what you're going to get from Palace. I'm a bit annoyed that Arsenal weren't more prepared for that sort of game because it was, it was clear from a mile off that that was what it was going to be. But Palace themselves, they're, they're so energetic. They're so direct and they're just so comfortable on that pitch, aren't they? There's, there's no... There's no bossing them around, no. and it's yeah. Arsenal just couldn't deal with them. They were just they were just better to everything that rattled Arsenal. We saw a lot of players like Odegaard and and, and, and Thomas Partey in particular had an absolute stinker before coming off. Who were just misplacing passes. Their touch let them down a lot. There was just a lack of dynamism. The forward players struggled to get into the game, particularly in the first half. And it was it was all from Palace's um, from Palace's imposition of their style. Yeah, and the singing as well, Lars, which as we've just discussed, they didn't even need the the Lars Sivertsen euphonium. No, well, I, I kind of got sort of slight, I mean, FOMO's not the right word, but I remember watching this thinking, I should have made an effort to get tickets for this. Because, you know, <laughs> I, it's not that far. And, you know, I do I do go to games just as a punter, even if yeah. like, my team's not involved. I, I quite like going to the football and I wasn't really doing anything last night. So I was watching this thinking, why did I not try to get tickets for this? It looked like everyone was having a great time. Mm. And, it always and, does that, doesn't it? And Palace... Palace have gone from being just an unfathomably boring team to being <laughs> really exciting. Like this sort of, uh, which they really should be, because sort of South London famously is one of the great sort of talent incubators mm. in, in Europe these days. And, and Palace, okay, they can never be the biggest team in London, obviously, but they can position themselves as like the cool team to go yeah. to for expiring young Premier League players. Oh, without a doubt. And uh, looking at them giving as many young players a chance as they're doing now, you know, playing fun football in front of a great crowd. Um, you know, I think the future could be bright and groovy for, uh, for for Palace. Would it be too much playing into the Speller international narrative to say that the the three Palace players who went on international duty with England were looking particularly bright yesterday night? I don't think that's that outrageous. You Come know, on. Confidence is contagious, isn't it? And you, you carry it forward into things. I mean, Conor Gallagher was fantastic again, as you'd expect him to be. Um, and yeah, no, I don't think that's so outrageous. Conor Gallagher... Is an interesting one. He's a really good player, uh, but he is sort of... Do you remember back in the day when people kept having debates about what Michael Carrick actually does? Yeah. You know, there was, there was this sort of <clears throat> there was this sort of long internet argument like, what does he do? Uh, because he does all the sort of you know keep possession ticking and intercept stuff and all the stuff that doesn't turn up on match of the day. Like Conor Gallagher is the anti Carrick, uh, anti Carrick, <laughs> yeah. because he like he runs around and he kicks people and he makes runs into the box and he's like mm. like a really excitable sort of terrier type of, uh, type of man, but. He's surprisingly like I looked at the the because I'm a massive nerd. Uh, around 69 minutes, I looked at like how many touches various players had had, and he'd had the same number of touches of the ball as Vincente Gaeta at that point in the game. Wow! Yeah, you know, the the least involved in terms of touching the game of any outfield player for yeah. Palace, which seems mad when you were watching it because it did seem like he was everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, but but that's that, I mean that's the nature of how effective Palace's press was, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, you, you can affect the game quite profoundly off the ball. Yeah, for, for sure. And so what I'm saying is actually, mate, stats don't tell the whole story. Well, no, they really don't. But well, he's I think like... the stats that count, Jim, 
is it goes. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is that he's like the opposite of a sort of tidy midfielder who does the useful job and doesn't turn up on match of the day. <laughs> yes. He's someone who yes. like, and, and you need people to do the important stuff, yeah. as it turns out. But he's yeah, flash, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Without, I mean, f- flash is, in a good like, way. Sounds like, exactly, yeah. It sounds like criticism, doesn't it? It sounds like you do needlessly eye-catching things for the sake of it. I don't think he does eye-catching things for the sake of it. He's, his game is just naturally quite flamboyant, isn't mm-hmm. it? And just mm-hmm. fun to watch. And also, I mean, I think genuinely there's a bit in, um, is it Wine Lose or is it Soconomics or is that the same book with a different title? I can't it's remember. It's the same, but they're yeah, just that's right, expanded. Yeah. But there's a bit yeah. in it about how a lot of blonde players were overvalued because they yes. stand out a lot in, in scouting games. Nice. And maybe, maybe that adds to his general aesthetic. Perhaps that brings us neatly on to Erdegaard's challenge for the um, yeah. Wilfred Zaha penalty. Mm-hmm. Seemed a bit lumbering. It didn't seem to me, anyway, watching that in that moment, as though Zaha had that moment. I mean, I know he's the kind of player who can produce trickery and, and maybe, you know, would have been found himself into a position to score a goal. But it looked as though he'd come to kind of a dead end. Yeah. And then Erdegaard sort yeah, of stuck just, his leg out. Just sloppy, wasn't it? I think it's one of those things where if you're having a bad game, you get in your head about it and you're thinking about that rather than concentrating on what you're doing perhaps so you're a little bit behind everything that's happening. That's So it, it's kind of out of character from Odegaard but there was a, a lot of that and that was really... Um, obviously that's the final now in the coffin but I think like... <laughs> what, the, th- the third The first goal, goal yeah. But, but again, it can happen when you're chasing a game. Like In seasons past, I would have looked at this result and go, oh, here we go. We're probably about to like just, you know, just cave in mentally. I don't think that's as likely with... with this uh, with this team, it's a it's a bad result, an annoying result, a bad performance, and the injuries to Kieran Tierney, which we've, we only learned about yesterday, but apparently as a result of something that happened while he was away with Scotland and Thomas Party, to which we don't know the extent of, are potentially going to have far worse repercussions than three drop points here. Because if you, if you know if there's talk Tierney will be out for the season, mm. Nuno Tavares came off at half time. He came off after like about half an hour against Forest, so he's clearly Arteta doesn't trust him. And it's easy to be alarmist about that because he, he did have a good run of games earlier in the season, so maybe he just needs a few more under his belt to get some confidence up. But there are going to be personnel issues, and this was always the danger in January with, with the squad being so sort of thin. So it's a it's a potentially really quite catastrophic evening. But at the same time, I do think <laughs> mixed that, messages. That, there. But they but they they're mentally stronger than they've been in a long right. time, so they're better prepared to deal with this situation than they would have been, you know, for, for any point in the in the fairly recent past. So on Odegaard, I I do find it like he, he was he objected a little bit to the penalty, but I think but he was also very clear that he knew what he'd done and that it was a penalty and that he was mainly cross with himself. Yes. Like he sort of he yeah. jog, jogged away looking incredibly cross with himself, and I thought was that that was kind of like refreshing because Sunday night I watched Juventus Inter <laughs> and the sort of oh, the, the, the dramatic objections to the referee from the Juventus lot for every decision was unbelievable like the, the sort of oh, why no yeah. it cannot be and just seeing a player just yeah I did that <laughs> sort of, damn it I really shouldn't have done that <laughs> almost the opposite of that was where um, in the, for the first Palace goal Jean-Philippe Mateta leapt up and I think Carragher or someone in the yeah, uh, pundit yeah, yeah. pointed out that his face is like yes, yes it's coming to me <laughs> I'm going to score this bloody goal um, picked by me um, and Betway Ford to score just in case anyone missed that well, well yeah in Ooh, Fantasy League right. update I mean obviously delighted being in here today having reclaimed the lead in the Ramble uh, internal fantasy in which I actually don't feature well so you know we need to work out what your point total is and where you would be in it but point is I'm I'm back in the lead which is important Uh, but what's less good is that I I had my mouse sort of hovering over 
subbing in Mateta before the weekend. And I thought, nah, he's not going to do anything against Arsenal, is he? I can save the sub. I'll do it next week. <sighs> Clearly well, not very good at the game. My heart bleeds and doubtless Jim's does as well. Uh, look, let's talk about a bit more about Arsenal then, shall we? It's good, or from an Arsenal perspective, Jim, it sounds like you don't feel as though this is a kind of spiral result. You know, the way that um, Arteta was talking after the game was, yeah, like, let's take responsibility for what happened here. But it doesn't have to influence the rest of the season. I mean, one thing, you know, you've talked about the injuries. Um, so, of course, Tierney didn't play. Party wasn't very good and then came off mm-hmm. with, a, with an injury. Um, but also Alexander Lacazette. Now, his his last goal from open play was 17 games wow. ago. Uh, and I appreciate, of course, he's the captain, Jim. Yeah. You are forgetting the hat trick against Brentford B <laughs> in the international break. Rather conveniently. Which is part of the media bias against. It is, it is actually, Lars. Thank you. Um, That and the refereeing bias as well. Okay, so you wouldn't agree that his place maybe should be under question? (laughs) I didn't say that. Uh, Well, well, I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because there's only Eddie and Ketia to come in and he seems like... Although he has a sort oh, of flash in each game. Did yeah, he hit the bar very, the very bar, well. That was cool. He, 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 was you know, big, he yeah, doesn't have a lot of urgency beaten. to his game in Ketia, which is quite important in the role in the way that Arteta's asking his centre forward to play at the moment. Um, but yeah, it is a problem. But again, this was, the, this was the risk that was taken. They couldn't get the striker they wanted. <laughs> so the, the alternative would have been to get in sort of somebody who they don't actually want, who the club are then lumbered with, who you've got to move on in a future transfer window. So it's unfortunately... I, I, I guess the idea was to get as much out of Lacazette as possible, and goals don't seem to be a part of that at the moment. They've, they've dried up. I mean, he's you know he's never been prolific, but it's not like he's barely ever scored. So it's it's unfortunate for him. He, he plays a lot more than he did as well. He used to like come off after like 65, 70 minutes most games. He, he plays to the end quite often now, and I wonder if he's just running on empty a little bit. Yeah, Lars, you pointed out that they. Well, it's 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 been one of my sort of big brain theories the last few years which is now currently not looking very good. So I'm, instead of bringing it up on the ramble, I should really do the Homer Simpson back into the hedge thing. Because <laughs> I've been sort of saying, I don't actually rate Aubameyang that highly. And I actually think, <laughs> actually, 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 actually think if Lacazette had played regularly for the last few years, he would have done as well, if not better. Uh, but instead he spent like his prime years being in and out of the team because there were two strikers and it didn't all fit in. Currently, that theory is not looking strong. No. But what I could always argue is that oh, he's gotten older now. You know, yeah. I would have been right a few years ago, definitely. Yeah, I mean, apart from the goals, he's actually been really, really good this season in terms of bringing others in and, mm-hmm. and being yeah. that leader mm-hmm. and and just you know defending from the front. But yesterday, just nothing really clicked, and he was he was one of many players that that applies to. I think. Yeah, and I feel like he's also one of those. He could have been a Firmino-type player for yeah. you guys, the guy who facilitates goal-scoring uh-huh. wingers and stuff, but I feel like he's probably not happening now. I like your take that, you know, the truth... It was very political, the way Lars is like, the, the truth is just something that, you know, it didn't quite happen. It's very, it's very like, kind it's of very, Boris Johnson vibe. sort of trying to argue that I was maybe right, even I'm just, though I I'm right, wasn't. but last year, yeah. or I'm, I will be right in two years' time. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with the Homer Simpson back into the hedge from now. I think that's, that's the way to go. <laughs> Um, and in terms of Patrick Vieira, guys, like Palace, sorry, let's come back to them, but they've done so unbelievably well. They're also in, you know, they've only finished top half, what, maybe like once in recent seasons. Um, they're into the semi-finals of the FA Cup. Let's not forget. Yeah, and it's worth, sorry, it's worth just pointing out where they were before the season. They looked like a team who could be in trouble because they yeah. let a lot of experienced players go. They'd moved away from Roy Hodgson, which I think is one of those... 
you kind of do at your peril because it's not always great to watch. Like you said, it can be phenomenally boring, but, but he it's does reliable, pretty yeah. much rely you, you know, guarantee you stay in the Premier League, which for Palace is not nothing. So going from that, going quite young in the transfer market and going to Patrick Vieira, who had a bit of a mixed CV before going there. Mm-hmm. I remember writing my season previews thinking, like, I would like for this to succeed, but I can imagine many different ways in which it doesn't. Yeah. Did you send them down? No, I don't think so. I think I had them hovering above the drop zone. But I had like Vieira to be first manager to be sacked as one oh. of my sort of this could happen. Mm. So right. I was really wrong about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's this not- is very therapeutic. I've come on the ramble <laughs> to just sort of announce the. Ver- I wrote in the autumn <laughs> that I think Everton under Benitez can be good. You know, mm. I've had so many bad takes this season. It's They're, been a bad one. I mean, the soaring above the drop zone, <laughs> like an eagle might. It's <laughs> you know, it's not a million miles away. If you want to be very kind to yourself, Jim, do you think this is the moment that marks the time at which Patrick Vieira? Became- coming the head coach at Arsenal in the future becomes an inevitability no alright what do you think Lars then probably not <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so did you not enjoy it as a as a, as a, as a did concept did I not enjoy do it do you not enjoy that as a concept like oh, right. um, if he could... not really I, I think I think people put too much stock in sort of like form, former great players coming back and like being. Sorry, the manager who's your that, manager? Yeah, I'm not saying that it's it's like. I mean, did you hear me clamouring from? He knows for the club. He knows the like club, Jim. He knows the club. I don't think you have he's to have top, someone. He's like, he has the club DNA in, <laughs> in him. All right, you know, fine. You just tell me what I think. How over would that me, even both work? Of you. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. You tell me what you think. Program. No, I just don't. I don't think it necessarily. Um, it doesn't always work, does it? I think it's probably got about as, as much of a success rate as someone who's not connected to the club coming in. You need someone. But Vieira's who's, fucking is, good. Well, <laughs> as we, we don't know yet, do we? It's, he's had like a season, what, two thirds of a season? And he's managed right. to get biased into the semi finals of the FA Cup. You're being very admirably reasonable about this, Jim, yeah. I have to say. I yeah. approve of your thoughts. I think it's it's a bit early to see if he could make make the step up to a, to a club of a, of a, with all respect to Palace, a high level. The one that he just beat. Okay, um, <laughs> if you're going to be reasonable about that, how about being reasonable about the seven goal swing in Spurs' favour across the weekend in the race for top four? Not in the running order, so I'm not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> so now the situation is, Jim, that if Tottenham win all of their remaining games, then they will be top four at the end of the season. It's exciting, isn't it? Is it? Because of I course, mean, it's a the pretty North, big if. <laughs> is that North London derby has been rescheduled to yes. May the twelfth? Yes. Oh, that's so going to that, be awful, isn't it? So that's fun. Tension wise, um, I'm already not looking forward to that. I, I think the crucial point that still suggests, well, in fact, it'd be good to get, in fact, it'd be good to get Lars' take on this because he has no really? dog in this fight. Um, but does have I'm a just dog. Commi- a I've just dog. confessed to having like a string of terrible takes this season. Are you sure you want my take? <laughs> well, look, the, the the run, I think it looks, from looking at the run-in for both Tottenham mm. and Arsenal, talking about this top four thing, it looks as though Tottenham's run-in is easier, except they do have to play Liverpool. Um, your game in hand is against Chelsea away. away. Yeah. But, you know, Chelsea are a bit shit at the moment. I, I don't TBC. trust that, though. Yeah. Um, what do you reckon? Uh, I don't trust any of the teams. I think they'll both drop points. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I, I feel very disinclined to predict anything with any confidence. And Tottenham have been decent recently under Conte. They are improving. Mm. And, and worryingly, I guess, for Arsenal is that they're looking identifiably like an Antonio Conte team like yes. some of the attacks they're creating it's like oh this looks a bit like what Inter looked like mm-hmm. and what Chelsea looked like and also the newer players have just gelled in so so quickly yeah 
so and, well. And I think it, the big risk factor with him coming in was always that he hasn't taken over a team mid-season before. He's used to having like Comte camp before the season to drill in all the tactical concepts and that wasn't a thing. So it was always going to be a little bit bumpy in the beginning because he's very detailed focus. I remember Christian Eriksen talking about that after he went to Inter. It's like... In a Conte team, you have to do exactly what he has told you. Yeah. Like you have to run there, you have to pass there, you have to do this, and he gets very annoyed if he doesn't. Whereas Ericsson was more used to just flitting about and being mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, what, what he, we exactly right. We, this is bad podcasting." But uh, Mason and I just did the same sort of uh, sort of like Ericsson maneuver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that was always going to take some time. But right now, it is actually looking like the Tottenham players know where they're meant to run and where they're meant to pass the ball and all this sort of Conte stuff. Um, which would worry me if I was an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. We've gone to non-verbal signs. You can only signs. worry about yourself, can't you? Is what, the thing. What, you, what you can achieve. You can only focus on what you can achieve. Mm-hmm. And what can you do to help this Arsenal side, Jim? Nothing. I imagine you'd you be like, well, very, I wear my lucky pants you can whenever. can chant very <laughs> loudly and say, come on, that's kick the ball what, in the goal. That's not how we do that's things. That's not really, that's true. That. I've been to the Emirates a few times, so... Oh, I can't believe we've undermined the whole policy of being a football fan on our football fan podcast. I think it seems like a good moment to break there, Jim. After this, Norway Corner. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble.
I so too get one through, and I picked up a little Argentinian. And I ended up having to take a couple of free transfers. It was one of Daniel's specials. We were trying to get a couple of players in at the top of my shopping list, but they were both free transfers. You mean you've made your name as a wheeler and dealer? There's not no, been much wheeling and dealing, you're right? Fuck off. <laughs> oh, no, it didn't mean like that. It didn't mean like that. No, I've got a name as a fucking dealer. Don't say that. I'm a fucking football manager. This actually always makes me feel deeply socially uncomfortable, that break IT. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's me, Lars and Jim Campbell with you today. And now we've got some time for some emails. just left me with a lot of questions that jingle <laughs> why does he why does he not want to go there first of all it's a great place to go i think it also, was a why pandemic does, jingle why doesn't he have anything else on well that might be the pandemic yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah, yeah. it was contributed why haven't pandemic. you learned a seventh language or started a side hustle <laughs> i think that was a bloody good use of time i actually. agree mm-hmm. well Very done so. chris what happened Roger? to norway corner did it get cancelled very cross now well, norway corner will come after the emails yeah. after the designated email section which unless be... we've got any norwegians in the email section i don't know that we have but darius is going to kick us off. He says, following on from Friday's discussion with Kate hinting at the kinds of activities Big Bird from Sesame Street gets up to in his spare time, what? I might be able to <laughs> offer some incredibly Australian insight into his after dark activities. Come on. Back in April 2019, Big Bird and the rest of the Sesame Street cast visited Adelaide as part of the Sesame Street Circus Spectacular. Unfortunately, tragedy hit only a few days from opening night. Thieves oh. broke into the circus one evening and stole Big Bird from the cast. Naturally, this hilarious news sent the whole state into meltdown with the <laughs> would-be criminals pleased with their heist. However, it quickly surfaced that the Big Bird costume was a one-off custom piece valued at $160,000, meaning the thieves could face much tougher jail sentences rather than petty trespassing charges if caught. After a few days of searching, Big Bird resurfaced, looking quite rough, next to an electricity box near the crime scene with a following note attached. We had no idea what we were doing or what (laughs) our actions would cause. We were just having a rough time and were trying to cheer ourselves up. (laughs) We had a great time with Mr. Bird. He's a great guy and no harm came to our friend. Sorry to be such a big burden signed the big bird bandits in near record time the bandits were caught and required to appear in court perhaps the only thing more baffling than their decision to steal big bird are the outfits that they chose to wear to court image attached for one for the socials so to answer Kate's question I suppose big bird does get up to some fairly unsavoury business when the cameras are turned off the beer gut must be real. And they look fantastic in court. They're wearing uh, turtlenecks, chains, sunglasses, um, and uh, and some pretty pretty swish blazers. They look great. The big cat, bird bandits, absolute heroes. Cat eye shaped sunglasses, one of the guys has got. They're pink as well. Oh, they look. They look like incredible. a pair of people who might, upon going through a rough time, decide that the way to combat this is by breaking into a Sesame Street circus and stealing Big Bird. Absolutely. The big revelation for me off of all of this which I'm a bit sad about, is that Big Bird is just a costume. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so I kids. feel like the mystery of Big Bird After Dark can still be sort of like, what does the fella who's usually in the costume get up to? Oh, uh, yeah. This is, is where we need to go now. Is mm. he a method actor is or not? <laughs> You've got one too, Lars. I do. I have an email. It's from Michael, uh, who writes... The Copa Libertadores and Sudamericana gets underway this week here in South America and just in time for the first round of group games, a little bit of chaos and drama has creeped in. 
standard, as they say. Bolivian side Jorge Wilstermann, named after Bolivia's first ever commercial pilot, which I think, I have to say as a sidebar, is tremendous, uh, and every country should have one of those, uh, were told they would not be able to travel to Chile to face Everton due to the plane they had booked being restricted to domestic flights. Uh, yeah. The team waited in the airport in Bolivia, but were unable to travel today to arrive in time to prepare. At the moment, it is unknown if they will try to go out tomorrow where their game will kick off at uh, half past seven. This is obviously a bit of a disaster. So we await Comnibol's ruling on what will happen with this one. Great start and plenty of actual football to enjoy coming up. You you cannot beat the Libertadores for chaos. That's me, no. Lars, interjecting. Now, I have... Being a very helpful person in general, I have looked this up on Google. Is it possible that they can get there like on foot in the next? So if they drive, four hours. If they drive, it is. Um, uh, Google Maps suggests it's a twenty-eight hour drive, so that is doable, kinda. Though it does warn. <laughs> well, if they started yesterday, I suppose. Um, it does warn, however, that this route has tolls, uh, so you need to bring the change uh, for, for it to work. If. If driving proves tricky, you know, it can be difficult to get vans at a short notice. They could leg it and walk, which, again, according to Google Maps, would take a cool 505 hours. That is probably less That's viable and yeah. would really cause scheduling problems for yeah. both the Libertadores and presumably the local league. If you've got that many steps in by the time you arrive, though, you're probably in pretty good shape. Yeah. Or you're in bad shape. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because you were on about walking here in order to, I don't know, get yourself psyched. Oh, no, you were going to get your dog psyched I for was, the podcast. You that walked was it. across Spain, didn't you? I did, yeah. yeah. Well, how did you feel at the end only, of that? Did only you feel a little like, bit of it. Did you feel exhausted or like a professional athlete? I felt, yeah, my Achilles hurt and I had a shoulder pain mm. from carrying my rucksack. So you, I felt like I wasn't really cut out for it, to be honest, so but you, I guess they will have someone carrying their bags. You didn't feel an immediate urge to play a game in the Copa Libertadores? I always right feel I that, well, obviously, but obviously. in that particular instance, in fact, that was the time. You know how when, we're on, um, when you're on a big walk with your mates sort of a one thing that's good to pass you start playing stupid games just yeah. to pass the time um, and this was when I discovered that my friends cause we did a game where you had to like name figure out who a football or a person was mm. from lots of clues Please. and so I went for a number of footballers I discovered my friends though don't know any footballers and in particular what broke my heart the most is they don't know any female footballers I picked Lucy Bonds who's like one of my faves um, and was then concerned that it would be too easy. This was the first football I chose. And they, they did about 100 questions and didn't get anywhere near her. And then I had a sort of small meltdown and had to be like consoled by the side of the road. But anyway, so the campaign, the campaign to make, you know, women's football more, more well, widespread goes on. And in fact, you know, we will be plugging up front shortly. But there, there we go. More, more pick, evidence I'd if any were needed that you should be listening to that. I'd have picked Marlon Mild because she's terrific. Oh, yeah, and they wouldn't have got that either. Uh, <laughs> dilemmas in or questions for pep talks tomorrow on the show. We will find out how uh, Lars's new team, how did you say it? Jorge. Jorge Wilstermann. Jorge Wilstermann. I think that's how you, well, that is certainly. Well, it sounded like, so compelling I, when I, you I said it. I think that's how I say it. No, it's definitely how I said it. Whether it's the way you should say it is a completely different matter. But, we'll, we'll find out how they got on, or maybe they can write into Pep Talks and ask us for more guidance on transport plans. Uh, email in show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Now, Norway Corner, Lars. Yes. Tell us what's been going on. Uh, it's obviously, it's one of my. <laughs> One of my demands for coming on the show is I, there needs to be Norway Corner. No, but so the Norwegian season kicked off this weekend. I, I try not to bring the boring stories. This, <laughs> the Norwegian season kicked off this weekend. 
obviously English football is very big in Norway, so you kind of want to compete with with that. And so, so what they've done to really make the first round of the season a big event, uh, or maybe this was drawn at random. But anyway, Bodo Glimt the, from the European, Glimt, fresh yeah. from European mm. heroics, so were, were a big it, team. Yes, they won the last two uh, league titles. Uh, they are playing Rosenborg, who are still probably the biggest team in the league. So you got the last, uh, the champion of the last two years facing off against the biggest team in the country, the first round of the season, just to really get everyone excited, right? But then disaster strikes. Just before the game, there's a power outage in the production van for the TV crew. So all the cameras go down. So when the game kicks off, there are no working TV cameras for this uh, marquee event, which, uh, as you can imagine, is not ideal. So uh, as a sort of emergency solution, uh, the TV company phoned up the pitch side reporter and asked, mate, can you film this on your phone? Uh, and they hooked the phone up to the broadcast, basically. So the first 25 minutes of this marquee game was streamed uh, from the pitch side reporter's phone. Wow. So he had to... <laughs> also, how many minutes? 20? Uh, yeah, 25 minutes, I believe, is when normal service was resumed. Jeez. So the pitch side reporter then had to double as a cameraman and also commentator. He was doing a bit of content <laughs> about what's go- what was going on whilst also having to gain a higher vantage point because you can't be pitch side and you wouldn't no. see anything. So he had to go up in the stands so he could film uh, by his camera. And uh, I, I think uh, Jonas, Jons- Jonas Bergjonsen is his name and he did, uh, I think he did very well uh, under the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, We've seen a video of it though and it is demonstrably uh, a, a man on his phone yep. attempting to Filming, share yeah, one of the biggest games of the season. It uh, sounds like an anxiety dream, doesn't it? Really, really it's does. Like Liverpool, Man City next weekend is like almost the entire first half from Jeff Shreves' phone. Yeah, oh, <laughs> would, would be suboptimal for for Sky. <laughs> is it is it wrong of me to suggest that probably the game would have been delayed if that had happened in this country? Maybe the game yeah. should have been delayed. Really, I mean, when you think about it. But uh, yeah, and also it's the problem of like. I wonder if the stats companies will be able to deliver like accurate numbers from what happened because presumably they off go off the yeah. TV coverage. Good, good point. That so is, much to factor in. Yeah, that is a that is a very well. Please, please keep us informed. That can be your yes. next. That can be your next contribution. Sticking in kind of innovation corner. Um, did you see about this? This Celtic fan who managed to break, oh, not break, not, well, break in, yeah, I guess break in to Ibrox for yeah. the old firm at the weekend. So he didn't have a ticket. So his. <laughs> This is actually quite brilliant. Uh, he applied for a job at a fast food kiosk. So on the day of his first shift yesterday, it was his first shift. He never worked there before, obviously, because he had no intention of working at Ibrox. He uh, hid in the toilets until the Celtic fans started arriving and, and joined them. Brilliant. What a, what a fantastic idea. I mean, you might argue he's deserted his post, but um, yeah. I think, um, yeah. You think he's concerned about that? No, He'll no, go I home don't. Thinking Based just, on the pictures, you know, I a, think he's very pleased with himself. As a fan, this was a good day, but... But as a food cost professional, you know, yeah. I've done, I've, I've let myself down. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not. I mean, I guess there's a lot of people working at Ibrox doing yes. a game that big. But I was just surprised that there's not more kind of rigorous checks. I don't know. How do you, what, how do you check for that? I guess just ask them to sing a Rangers media post song. And like... <laughs> <laughs> just some kind See of. See if they can. So I suppose yeah. perhaps you're not allowed to only hire Rangers fans to work at Rangers. Um, <laughs> Champions League last eight starts tonight Manchester City versus Atletico Madrid oh my goodness is this tasty or is, is this going to be 5D chess that none of us can interpret because it's so complex no, I think it's it's always tasty isn't it like the thing with Atletico is that it's always very like rugged and always very very you know like full-blooded but it's not boring is it <laughs> I think it's a bit of a kind of misnomer that or, yeah. a, or a bit of a kind of um uh, a bit of an unfair reputation they have for being boring. I don't think they're boring. 
No, well, the interesting thing, I mean, Pep Guardiola has been saying all sorts this week, or yesterday anyway, hasn't he? really he? has. He's been... Working he's been, himself up into a really peppy froth. He's been diving into the narrative, I would mm. say. He's been, uh, for example, he says, in the Champions League, I always overthink, I love it. Every player has a mother and father, and a mother and father have different personalities and different types of players. I have to adapt and adjust. That's why I love to overthink and create stupid tactics. And when we don't win, I am punished. Tonight, I will take inspiration. That was last night. And I'm going to do incredible tactics tomorrow. We play with 12 tomorrow. (laughs) I mean... But he does do that, doesn't he? That's the thing, like it's, not having a defensive midfielder in the Champions League final. Fight. It's, it's like, like true. But, but yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's You do do that though, Pep. I love it. Where I have some sympathy with Guardiola is, if you okay. look at it like, okay, so he's one of the premier managers of his generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when, when we look back on the history of football, there will be like the Pep epoch yes. where his team were dominant and coaches all around the world tried to be more like him. And he's clearly someone who thinks very deeply about the game and, and he's right, he just tried to change his approach to every game. The players say that all the time. There's different things they emphasize and all this sort of stuff. So he does all those things. This and, much is true. And, this much and is when, yeah. after winning almost all of his games every season, as he does, there will be one in which like tiny things go against him because football is a game of very narrow margins. And, yeah. and, and something tiny, go, and, and tiny so, things like his own team and, selection. And, 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 and something goes wrong and you go out to the Champions League. And then you've got like uh, Dave from the internet who's like a junior <laughs> sales manager going, oh, mate, you've overthought this. You know, you're yeah, overthinking, yeah, yeah. mate. Isn't it? Whereas, you know, Dave's credential is that he wants... Uh, bought the Jonathan Wilson tactics book and then put it down after a few pages because it was kind of boring. And 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 his verdict is Pep, mate, you've not you've you've overthink you're overthinking yes. this. Which is like if you're Pep, then you're entitled to be slightly annoyed. I think <laughs> it's like, but you're also kind of right. He does kind of pick weird things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play the. I mean, you know, sales manager Dave, who once bought a Jonathan Wilson book, would have a point. Is that like turning up in the Champions League final with no holding midfielder is just weird? Like, why are you doing this? It is. But I mean, I suppose in Pep's Pep's defense of his own, um, you know, rebuttal to this here is that like you can never predict what team he's going to play in the Premier League. So Mm -hmm. he's always kind of changing things around. So sometimes it's perhaps just a bit more eye-catching when it's in such a big game. And I suppose because the stakes are higher, perhaps the changes are a little more extreme. And also... More of it, please. I once did... I did the article on this, like the article that everyone does at some point, which is like you go through all the exits and say, were were the selections weird? And like, yeah, yeah, most of them were. were In almost all of his... Sorry. In almost all of his Champions League exits there was some team selection thing in the first or second leg that was like, huh, that's Mm. odd. Uh, But there's also a sort of, um, there's a logic flaw here, which is I also didn't go through all of the other Champions League ties he's ever played. Like, because he's he's made a lot of strange team selections in which his team has won like 5-0. And we just don't talk about it, right? Of course. The key, I mean, the exciting factor to this one is the the 2016 Champions League semi-final, the sucker punch defeat um, by Atletico of... Peps Bayern Munich and and you mm. know who knows if that will tie him in, in his mind in further knots. Uh, but Pep says in terms of the Simeone way, he says I cannot do that to my teams, never. But I admire that capacity for resistance, resistance, resistance. Knowing in one moment the bee can sting, but will it? Um, Twelve players, as an idea, literally did happen to Bayern at the at the weekend. Uh, the board showed 20, number twenty nine was coming off, but Bayern didn't have a twenty nine on the pitch against Freiburg. They then played with twelve men on the pitch for about fifteen seconds until the referee 
realised. Uh, Leeds have also made an incorrect sub uh, recently in their 1 1 draw with Southampton. Freiburg, little bit petty, do we think? I feel like Lars wouldn't be into this. They've appealed to the DFB. Morally, it's really difficult because it's clearly nonsense. But also, Freiburg is a small and very likable club, yeah. and, and Bayern Munich are like the Death Star. Yeah. So you want to side with them. But it's really difficult because it is clearly petty nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's <sighs> nightmare scenarios. They just have to play Bayern again, right? And just get pumped again. Oh, yeah. I don't think I thought that through. In more important developments, guys, Jack Grealish is on the verge of signing a seven-figure deal with Gucci. Mm. I don't know what to make of this. He's gonna. He's normally it's like actors and musicians and stuff like this. Part of me is quite. You know, as a very fashionable man, Jim, you would be thinking, <laughs> yes, for too long has football been considered to be a thing that... That fashion stays away from these yeah. days. Yeah, I mean, Gucci are quite interesting with, with the people they work with, aren't they? They work with um, Francis Bourgeois recently, <laughs> the adorable train guy. Um, oh he, he did some Gucci <laughs> stuff. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, and, you know, they have people like Harry Styles, Lana Del Rey, and history's greatest monster, Jared Leto. So it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I think Greenwich is great, isn't he? And like we're seeing this this kind of trend of 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 footballers who have a bit more of a kind of broad appeal because there's an idea that football is is thuggish and and a bit like just like beery and and and, and laddish, and it's not really been like that for quite a long time mm. in 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 a lot of the kind of the culture of support. And you get players like Jack Grealish and Dominic Calvert Lewin as well that we'll we'll come on to. And Hector Bellerin as well that embrace fashion and aren't scared of like being essentially being called names by Dave from Twitter. Yeah. And I agreed. think that's good. Um Dominic Cavalloon, who you mentioned, was on the cover of GQ or GQ Hype. I don't know if that's the same thing. But anyway, he 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 was talking about his he's got a Chanel handbag collection. Uh he, you know, he's been styled in kind of dressy style outfits as well. And he says um, he just likes wearing clothes that divide opinion. He's going to keep doing it. He also said, and what do you think about this, Lars, in terms of uh, as guidance for your own attire and future? He says masculinity is about wearing the clothes on your back with confidence. So If you want to wear a skirt or a sarong that might divide opinion, be comfortable enough in your skin, do it. Oh, I like, I like, I, I like that. I, I think for me, it's the being comfortable in your own skin part, which oh, is uh, is going to remain an uphill challenge. <laughs> but when I get there, yeah, sarong is a go-go. <laughs> Interesting. On the fashion thing, by the way, and, and perhaps in context of people not, you know, people who don't follow football or whatever, it all passes them by. They, there's, a, there's a thread to this, which includes Ian Wright recently talking about this, or he believes that Terry Venables dropped him. Um because he thought he was kind of rebellious, partly because he was like, you know, dressing in quite a cool, unusual way. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, obviously, we it was kind of. He didn't. Wear, I think he didn't wear a tie or something. Case, but yeah. Jesus well, this is what he Christ. said, Ian Wright. This is not just my like fan fiction. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like to read that though <laughs> about Ian Wright. <laughs> yeah, he said he he didn't wear a tie when he was supposed to wear a tie, but the whole point was it was like a smart suit setup yeah. that didn't didn't need a tie. So yeah. Get um, rid of those sideburns, righty? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's going to... I don't think the new Adidas Predator boots uh, that have the Swarovski crystals, I don't think we're going to be seeing them uh, on a Premier League pitch, but Jim... Surely they come off. Surely the crystals come off when you Chris the... Chris? When you, when you kick the ball. the ball. Seems dangerous, if not. Oh, what, that they might lodge in someone's... 
Yeah, yeah. wouldn't that be bad? Like very hard oh. things. Yeah, you can. You know, like those little bits that come out of astroturf and like yeah, get yeah, lodged and in just your, get everywhere and lo- can lodge in your skin. Oh and really? Yeah, I don't know if um, I don't know if they thought this through. Perhaps they're not made for actual football. Three hundred quid though. Jim, I'll see, I'll see you on the five-a-side pitch. <laughs> uh, tonight, Benfica play Liverpool as well. That is the other uh, quarterfinal in the Champions League. Uh, we mentioned it already up front, out later today. Flo, Chloe and Rachel back in the studio, uh, reliving an unbelievable night in the new Camp last Wednesday. Oh, so, so good. Can't wait to listen to that. Plus, they're also asking how big the gap is between the WSL's elite and the rest of Europe after Arsenal's exit and the state of play for England as their final squad before the Euros convenes for two World Cup qualifiers. Get over to Football Ramble Presents for all of that. If you've not already subscribed, do it. I can't wait to listen. Alors, nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Um, Thanks for coming in. It was good fun. Oh, I'm glad. I hope your ongoing quest for confidence in yourself. <laughs> it's actually what we do here, isn't it, yeah, Jim? Yeah, yeah. We're our own comfort quest yeah. for personal confidence well, like is, is... Mental wellness. Is what we're Duo. about. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're about here at the Football Ramble. And I hope you guys at home are too. And you're having a good week. Thanks for listening to today's Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.